Hello, You Know Nothing Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, would like to apologize for this episode's sound quality. Prior to the episode, the computer that we record on went into automatic update to Windows 10 from Windows 7. Unfortunately, as a result, we had to switch and use different devices to record this episode. As a result, the sound quality is not as good as prior episodes. It was only after the recording that we noticed the issue with the sound quality. Please note that starting next week, the episodes will be recorded once again in fine quality, and this is only one exception. Thank you for your understanding. And once again, next week, our sound quality will be back to normal. Welcome once again to You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. I'm actually not in Michigan today. I'm in the state of California, but this is Eric. Eric, how are you? I am well. How was your flight? I'm even better than usual because I'm in California instead of Michigan. Very good, very good. And uh, how was your flight? Was it fine? Yeah, my flight was fantastic. Excellent. And in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going? Ah, it's so much better than you are, Phil. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes we, we had a minor uh, technical problem here where one of uh, the laptops that I used to record the podcast suddenly did a Windows 10 update without my permission. So, yeah, not good. A little agitated on Phil's end. A little bit, just a little bit. So, uh, let's see here. Let's, uh, do some, some, uh, housekeeping. Uh, Eric, uh, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan. What do other folks know about that? Uh, it's a general interest podcast called the Ascancity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it on the Stitcher app or in the iTunes store. Excellent. And Mike, uh, you do a genre blog sometimes? Uh, yes, that's www.unnaturalselections.com. Very good. And, Eric, you do a third podcast. <laughs> I do a third podcast, and that's with you and Mike and a couple other people. Uh, that's the sister podcast to this one, the Dark Discussions podcast. Dark Discussions is your place for horror, fiction, film, and all that's fantastic. Did I get that right? Pretty close, yes. Yes, that's right. Pretty close. Okay, close enough. Uh, yes, and Dark Discussions was the original podcast, and we used to try and do a season uh, episode for Game of Thrones every season, and it would turn into a five-hour slugfest, and we just decided it would be more interesting and work out a little bit better if we just split it off into its own thing. So now each season, uh, we do the You Know Nothing, Jon Snow podcast, sister podcast, dark discussions, discussing week-by-week, episode-by-episode Game of Thrones while it's on the air. So uh, all the web stuff that you need for You Know Nothing, just you know nothing, Jen Snow. It's the same as Dark Discussions. You can go to darkdiscussions.com. Contact us in the same way at darkdiscussions at AOL.com for email. And find us on Dark Discussions Facebook group 
for the You Know Nothing Jon Snow podcast. That's right. And Mike, we we actually, uh, the three of us, uh, the You Know Nothing Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, are going to be somewhere in July. Uh, yes, we are going to be definitely uh, borrowing emergency situations at the Scares and Care weekend in Williamsburg, Virginia at the end of July. Um, that it's a uh, convention that's a little different, that it's intended as a charity fundraiser to help families in need. Uh, you can go visit their website at www.scaresandcareweekend or visit their Facebook page um, and find out about it. And if you happen to be in the Williamsburg area, uh, then please feel free to drop by that weekend. You have to pay an admission ticket. Uh, but come by, see us, see the guests, help the charity out. Um, it would, we'll all have a good time. Yeah, that's right. And so if you folks want to visit us and uh, hang out with us, uh, any dedicated listeners of You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, or Dark Discussions podcast, we are welcome to uh, have lunch, dinner, spirits and appetizers, whatever, to, and just hang out, talk, shop. And shop would be a genre. So that could be Game of Thrones, or it could be just genre fiction and films, which includes horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno-thrillers, mysteries, cult films, and grindhouse films, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, drive-in films. So, yes, there you go. Yeah, and uh, there is also a uh, chance... Uh, we're waiting for, I guess, the final official confirmation. If you've sent that email to it, and we'll be at, uh, you and I, at the very least, we'll be at, um, Scaricon in, what was it? Springfield, Massachusetts? Springfield, Massachusetts, that's right, yep. And that's June 3rd, 4th, and 5th, coming up quick. Um, and hopefully we'll be there, and we did promise to promote the, the convention. There'll be a lot of guests there, uh, including, um, Adrian Barbeau, Margot Kidder, uh, Ernie Hudson, uh, and many others, uh, go visit their website, scarecon.com, scareocon.com. <laughs> Just type in fucking scarecon in Google or whatever your preferred search engine might be, <laughs> and it'll take you there. Uh, and Phil and I will probably be participating in a couple of panels relating to podcasting because they seem to think we know what we're doing. Yep, that's right. Um, yep. Full of them. Yep. Yeah, and while we're on, on the topic, I do want to do it once on here and once on, on Dark Discussions. Uh, I want to throw a shout-out to um, uh, Chris Genro. We were we're going to be giving out like promotional buttons uh, for Dark Discussions, and Chris Genro found a, a, a little dog design that we incorporated into one of the pins. I want to thank him for finding it, and I want to thank um, – his name is Hero Jacks. J J A X X off of DeviantArt who designed the little dog uh, and said and had said gave us permission to use it and so I want to thank them both for doing that. Yes, um, thank you. So and they may end up on a T-shirt design coming in the near future. Check out the scares the scares Dark Discussions Facebook page to take a look. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And eventually I'm going to get all that stuff up on the DarkDiscussions.com Facebook group as well. Uh, we do have other t-shirts from prior, uh, designs by one, another listener, Travis Heckel, uh, absolutely fantastic artist. And, um, we haven't, uh, done anything with the shirts yet because I've, I've created a bunch of shirts and just haven't, uh, been, 
Yeah. I just want to say that the, the poll on Facebook started off with there's a skull design and I guess the little dog design. Uh, but uh, the way the poll was created wasn't locked down so people can create other options if they want to. And somebody put an option on there for a stick figure Philip standing on a pile of corpses holding up a microphone in the sky and getting struck by lightning. Uh, so, I, I personally kind of like to see that shirt myself, but yeah, somebody I, put that option on the poll. I, I, actually, I actually thought that was cool at first. Until I saw that it, it was more of a uh, a link to um, Caddyshack, I thought they were trying to do a, a Jeremy by Pearl Jam, where you know uh, uh, Jeremy's on the mountain, you know, uh, arms raising a V and all that. That's what I thought he was going at, but I guess not. But Mike, you were going to say something? Yeah, well, I was going to say I I have a, some marginal artistic skill, but I don't have the the expertise of training people like. Uh, uh, Travis or uh, Sean Spinks or who's the other one? Uh, David um, Koenig. David Koenig. David Koenig. So you know that that would have to be up to somebody else to design. I could cut and paste uh, or, or use a, a design generator to come up with the the designs that we're looking at right now. But there's uh, there's certainly there's certainly going to have to have somebody better come up with uh, the fill on a pyre. Yeah. 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 Yeah, as long as it's not like uh, Stannis's daughter. Right, and my big thing is I just don't know how to do computer, like, use computer art programs, and I just don't have the time to really learn right now. Well, so, that's well they're okay. they're expensive. Well, that's other things, well. And they're very expensive too. Very expensive. Yeah, but I get arrested if I do those things in public. <laughs> um, also at Skiricon, uh Frank Henenlotter's uh, film. Uh, Frankenhooker is going to be de- uh, played there with a number of the original cast in attendance at the Spiritcon, which is, is kind of cool, yeah, but unfortunately Frank Henenlotter was not one of the people named uh, the director, which is unfortunate because uh, he's uh, quite a talent and a f- preserver of cult films, and it would have been good to see him and talk to him. But Yeah, I've, I've never actually seen that, so I'm curious to do it. Um Except, I don't know, I, I'm not all that fond of screening experiences in most cons because it tends to have crappy sound, crappy visuals, and the seats are often uncomfortable. But we'll see. That's a fair point, Mike. Yep, good point. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I actually saw the film years ago when it actually was at theaters. So I actually uh, went and saw it, and uh, I forget forget most of it. It's been so long ago, but I uh, uh, haven't seen it since. So uh, now that it's on Blu-ray, a new remastered Blu-ray by uh, one of the the big um, indie uh, DVD Blu-ray companies. That whether it's I think it's Synapse or Severin, it was one of those two that put it out fully remastered with a whole lot of extras and commentaries and whatnot. That I'm tempted to check check it out because I think it's right now uh, only about fifteen ninety nine, which is pretty good for a remastered uh, cult classic on Blu-ray. So. Um, all right, so let's see. Uh, let's uh, get into uh, some of the stuff here for Game of Thrones. Uh, anybody have any news about Game of Thrones that they wanted to mention? Well, uh, just the big article today uh, after the episode we're about to discuss uh, is that uh, Amelia Clark uh, was talking to people this morning and just letting them know that she did not use a bodily double for the episode. Yeah, I, it, and God bless her for that. 
Exactly. Yeah, because it was rumors after season two or season one that she signed a contract where she would not use a body double. Uh, that, I mean, that she would use, I mean, that she would use a body double, that she had no nudity in her cause, but go on there. Her contract says that she's not required to do topless scenes. Okay. So she's not required, but I guess she'll still do them if she feels like it, so. Right. Well, I, got, I think there's a difference, and we'll, I will talk about this more in context of the episode. Um, Game of Thrones was being criticized, and reasonably so, I think, um, for sexploitation. Nonsense. Uh, not sex uh, sex position. Nonsense. Right. And, There's no such thing. And okay, anyway, <laughs> so I, I think you, I think it was a, it was a reasonable discussion to have whether they were they were right or right or wrong is a whole other issue. Um, but in this, so I can see her not wanting to do it for uh, you know thought that she might be getting exploited that there were just nudity scenes to to tease and titillate the viewers. In this case, the scene is an empowering scene. Yes, so there's context um, to the nudity. Oh, exactly. Right. With the content. Oh, so. my God, this is nonsense. 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 So I can understand why she would have, if this was something where it's, I can choose to do it if I want to, why she would have chose to do it here. As opposed to, uh, this is really boring exposition. Danny, can you do it while taking a bath? <laughs> right. Well, that, that's, that's the thing is, is that, you know, none of these people, or generally none of these people were, had, or had any clout before they did the episodes or, or did the show, I guess. So in theory, you know, similar to like the Star Wars or whatever, you know, you, you sign the people for six years and you'll be done with it and whatever. But, um, either way, I, I don't think we need to discuss, uh, whether sexploitation or uh, sex pository or whatever you want to call it. Is a problem or not? Uh, depending on expository, that's a completely different. E- either way, anyway, I, yeah. I'm just trying to say why I think she would have agreed to it here. Again, I think there's a debate to be had. I don't think we can get into it. We all know where Phil stands on the subject of nudity. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, being a um, uh, a fan of, of uh, 1970s, 1980s film, um, you know, the film has changed. Very much so. Recently, uh, obviously, HBO and Star, Stars and, and Showtime and whatnot have changed that a little bit, going back to where they can pretty much do anything they want because it's television, so they don't have to worry about the rating systems and whatnot. I, I've never had a problem with uh, um, any of this. Uh, you know, I have, I guess, more of a European outlook versus the puritanical you <laughs> Puritanical uh, U.S. opinion of, of nudity, I guess. So, um, but either way, my, my point is uh, on, a, on a more serious note versus Eric uh, making a joke of it is that I've never uh, thought it was an issue at all. So, just by two cents. Um, but either way, uh, I would agree with Mike. And yes, uh, God bless Amelia Clark. God bless. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so, so that that's interesting, Eric. Because yeah, I was wondering that too. Because I had seen that she had like nixed it in her contract because they weren't. I guess they didn't have you know like nowadays everybody now just locks people in automatically in contracts and you can't change it because you know they get no names. I guess they weren't sure if Game of Thrones would would do well, and so they didn't lock people in as, as long. I guess who knows, but. Um, well, and it's just, and, and clearly 
like she's still willing to do it on occasion. It's just it, it, her contract gives her the option to say no if she wants to. That's all. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So uh, that's interesting news. Uh, any other news anybody wanted to bring up that's generally related to anything Game of Thrones? Uh, the only thing I I don't think we mentioned last week is that there was, um, I guess, mentioned that the new finale of the season is going to be the longest episode they've ever done by about five or six minutes. So okay. say say what you will about that. It's it's time. It's not necessarily quality, but that's what they're saying. So. Yeah, all right, that's fair. I mean, you you could argue that uh, the show itself uh, is generally quality, uh, no matter what, even their weakest moments. Maybe some exceptions like the the Sand Snake scenes, but otherwise, excluding the Sand Snake scenes, generally their weakest moments uh, are still pretty quality, in my opinion. So I'm not too worried about the extra six minutes stinking. Me neither. No, I'm sure they 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 did it because they needed to complete the stories that they're telling. Right, right. They got, they're going to have a lot of ends to try to wrap up, especially with only uh, you know 13 episodes left to go after the season, which we say every episode, it seems now. <laughs> Assuming that's the case, who knows what what will happen in the long run. Personally, I think they should do what like those 24-episode seasons like some television shows do, but that's just my opinion. You can't have enough of Game of Thrones in my opinion. I would generally agree with that, but I, I'm willing to deal with 10 episode seasons to get the quality they produce. Yeah. That's, that's fair. That's fair. So, anyway. Uh, see, I don't have anything myself. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything else. Um, do you, do you guys, uh, have any further things or are those the only two items? Let's, uh, get into the episode. Alright, let's do it. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah. All right. We're discussing episode four of season six, titled Book of the Stranger. Yeah, what's that mean? I, I still, I've been trying uh, to figure that out. In reference, it was in reference to the conversation that happens during this episode between the, the head sparrow and uh, Marjorie, uh, where he's telling he's telling a story as if it's his own story, and she pretty much spits out the verse of the well, I don't know what they call the book, what they call it in the Bible in Westeros. Uh, she's like, Book of the Stranger, verse 17, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that's what the Book of the Stranger okay, is. It's a seven-pointed star, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I may have uh, misunderstood that. So you're trying to say that he was trying to claim a story from this book was his when I mistook it as him saying that, oh, Yes, it's from the book, but I was the one that wrote the book. But maybe I misunderstood that. I was just assuming. no. It's that he. It's no that that his life had a parallel, I think, to the book in the Seven Pointed Star, because she notices the parallel. She throws out, "Oh, and then you walk through the cemetery." Said sort of, but not quite. This was my journey went through a drunken frat house or whatever it was. That he right, right. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to be honest, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's all all religions. Um, you know, that's, that's the point of the parables and, in, in te- the New Testament was to see something in yourself or, or actually to learn something. And, and I can see what, what, what he tried to do here then. Okay. Fair enough. But it, it was strange that he didn't mention that to her and she caught him, you know, showing that maybe what type of person he really is, even though we already well, knew. No, he, he's, I think he's telling the truth about his backstory. It just happens to parallel that of, you know, of uh, the stranger, which is one of the seven gods. 
<laughs> I did like, uh, there's a little exchange that happened after that before I continued the story, which is that, uh, Mar- Marjorie said, yes, the Septon likes to, likes to read, and read me, uh, the, the chapters and his, the Sparrow's response is, yes, she does like to read at people. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a funny line. Um, so do we want to, well, first, do we want to start there since we already mentioned it? Well, sure. Since we're there. Um, all right. So let's do King's Landing. Let's do King's Landing then. Okay. Uh, so this conversation we're referring to happens between, uh, Queen Marjorie and the Head Sparrow. Um, he brings her out of her cell, kind of like he did with Cersei, um, to talk to her. And they have this conversation and, uh, Basically, I'm not sure I quite understood the point of, of his story. Can either of you take it from me? Cause I, like, I did, I actually watched this scene again, because uh, I also was trying to figure out where the title of the episode came from, and I understood that it came from this scene, but I don't understand the overall relevance. Well, so can, can you enlighten me? Well, the story, if you look at it as a parable, I guess, basically it's trying to say that... Um, the things that he desires or people who desire, or in this case, Marjorie desires, whether it's family, friends, money, you know, any, anything that's material or that would be considered hedonistic, I guess, in a sense, um, is necessarily bad. It, may, it Basically, you're wasting your life away partying and wanting things that mean nothing when instead you should probably – help the poor or or live as a pauper to show dignity or something. I mean, that's, that's basically well, what I, he's I, trying I, to get. And he's basically trying to tell Marjorie that you can be as wealthy as you want and as important as you want as I was trying to be from a carpenter to a bourgeois. But all in all, uh, we're all the same. And, you know, what you're, okay. you know, but yeah, go on, Mike. You're going to add to that. Yeah, I was saying the, the idea that there's that, she, that, that trying to get back to her family. She said, "What would you do?" I'd go back to my uh, my brother, my husband, uh, my, my my mother, and say basically saying, "You're going to go back to your family, but your your family is corrupt, and there's all these evil things going on with your family, and these are all bad things that you shouldn't be doing, and there's a more virtuous life than the lives that you've been leading." And and, and to a degree, he's got a point, right? I mean, this is all. The machinations are stuff about power, and now Marjorie. But again, see. it it depends on your perspective too. Uh, but in his perspective, he's. I guess you're right, Mike. He has a point. But generally, you could also argue that it's just his perspective. But go on, Mike. Well, it's his perspective. It's um, yeah. But you see, you certainly see with her family does include now Cersei. Uh, and Jamie, who certainly had certain levels of of madness in them. And right. certain, well, you know, and, and to be honest, we don't really know enough about her family. I mean, we we've met her mother or her grandmother, I should say, and we've met her brother, but we don't know necessarily. I have they are they really murderers or have they done terrible things in the past? Because we haven't followed their story as much as well, say the we, Lannisters. We, we know that. Um, well, she killed the king. Name? She killed the king. Yeah, that's. Yes, she killed the king. Admittedly, the king was an asshole. But by, but I think you can certainly say that the, the Lannisters are on the corrupt side. And you, I think Marjorie, though, has tried pretty hard to, to treat the poor better than uh, 
what's his face? Uh, Joffrey ever did. Uh, she was sort of his his voice of reason. But um, but but you know what? That's yeah. the, that's the problem is that in his his whole argument, the the Sparrow's argument is that he. You, you, I mean, some people will say this is correct though that that the f- people who you are you are with or are your friends or your family you are therefore one of them. But other people would say each person is an individual human being, and therefore, even though you love people that may not necessarily be the doing good or whatnot, doesn't necessarily mean that you're also like them too. So I think his well, flaw, that's a big flaw in his argument right there, my opinion. Well, but, but it's again the argument that you're, you're embracing, you're, you're going back to people who revel in sin, you're surrounding yourself with sin, you're, you're tainting yourself, and he also takes, you know, obviously he's a, he is a man, if you believe he's sincere and, I, sincere, and I do, who believes strongly in the teachings of his religion, which includes, you know, things like buggery being, um, the sin. Uh, a biggest sin, and that, and so she, and she's embracing her brother, but right? he says that's, you know, surrounding herself in bad things. Right. Again, though, so, this is all perspective, right? Because you could argue that he's as evil or, or bad or hedonistic as them in a sense, because by forcing Cersei's to walk naked through the streets and degrade a human being the way he did, okay, maybe in your book, but therefore your book is flawed from the beginning because you, itself are now degrading other people when in fact they are no better or worse than you except in your eyes. Yeah, but that's but he's dealing with a position of religious fanaticism. Right. And the one thing you can say about religious fanaticism is that they don't tend to deal with moral relativism very well. All right. And uh, if you ask him it wouldn't be through his eyes, it's through God's eyes. And that's what matters. Right, and I guess that's the point, which is whether he thinks he's doing right or not, just the fact being religious fanatic and that closed-minded and forcing your will upon other people when, in fact, you should just live your life the way you think is right and let other folks be you know, judged later when they pass away and by the gods. This demonstrates the fact that we're talking about someone that, you know, it's it's – a paint drying on the wall. You're just wasting your time trying to reason with these idiots. <laughs> okay. Um, so while we're in King's Landing, uh, well, after Marjorie has this discussion with the uh, the High Sparrow, he actually lets her go talk to her brother uh, in in the cell, uh, and and they've broken him. <laughs> he just wants it to be over. He he wants to give up. Uh, and confess whatever they need him to confess just to make it stop. I did. Uh, she's trying to. Eric, sorry, I did. Mike, I, what? Uh, no, it's Phil. I, I did read online that he had an interview where he, his character, at least the backstory, whether or not it was implied uh, or not on the television show, he was told behind the scenes that your character has been tortured and sexually abused in prison. And therefore, that's why you've broken. So, whether I get implied, I get the implied portrait and not get implied sexual abuse. Okay, yeah. So that was curious to to hear hear that and and whatnot. So anyway, yeah. Um. So she tries to encourage him not to give up, but he's pretty much uh, done. Uh. And so then we that's uh, Cersei talking to Tommen. Uh, it was kind of funny because she walks in on uh, 
was it Picel? Is that his name? Yes. Uh, she walks in on Picel uh, trying to advise Tommen, and uh, I thought I thought this scene was actually interesting the way it played out because she walks in on him trying to advise Tommen and basically tells him to get out, uh, and he's pretty much ignoring her and saying, uh, "Look, I have a right to be here. I'm an advisor to the king," and yada yada yada. And Tommen's actually starting to. I'm not going to say he's a good king yet, because that's not true. But uh, he's starting to kind of get the hang of all this. Uh, and he, he basically just wants to stop the fight between his mother and myself. And so he basically, basically turns to myself and says, thank you very much for advising me. That'll be all for now. <laughs> and he shuffles out of the room. And I actually started laughing at how long it took him to get out of the room. Oh, oh that was so <laughs> intentional. <laughs> I was uh, I was just I was just waiting from the front too. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so they're they're finally left alone and they start having a conversation. And um Well, before you go, I didn't want to say that the myself thing has two different meanings if you just look at them for what it is. Um it's funny, but it's even funnier if you remember back in season two uh-huh. right, when they when they reveal that he's faking it. Right, right, right. He's actually a fairly virile for his age, and he's just doing it to appear the doddering old fool. Exactly. <laughs> and, that, and Mike, that's, so, you actually said that last week, as a matter of fact, that he's he's really not the the fool that he pretends he is. Right. <laughs> so uh, Tom and then Cersei have a conversation, and basically, uh, Cersei finally concedes that. It doesn't matter whether or not she likes Marjorie and that Marjorie is the queen and the queen should be respected and the queen's not being respected and that needs to change. Uh, and at that point, the town confesses to her that he's been talking to the sparrow and that Marjorie is going to do the walk of shame soon. Shame! Um, <laughs> shame! Shame! Uh, so, uh, Cersei and Jamie go to the small council uh, and they start to have another fight with the small council. But actually, Jamie and Cersei, for change, <laughs> try diplomacy, and it actually goes pretty well. Uh, they're like, look, it, they want us to fight each other, and that's exactly what we're doing, and we're letting them win. The important thing is that uh, Marjorie's about to do her walk of shame, and we can't let that happen. Um, so they basically come up with this plan, and, uh, where the Tyrells are going to bring their army to King's Landing uh, to, to stop the Sparrows. And I didn't quite understand, are, are, the, is, are they just going to have this, the troops march, march in and just stand there? Is that the plan? No, I think the plan is is that Cause, uh, cause Kevin Lance... going to have them stand down. And I guess I don't understand that particular term. In, in yeah, what, what it is is that the Lannister's troops, or King Tommen's soldiers, in other words, will stand down. In other words, Kevin Lannister is told by King Tommen, and he's the technocrat that he is, and takes everything literally. He says to Jamie and Cersei, he goes, uh, King Tommen told me not to do any harm to the the Sparrow or any of their his followers. And so Jamie says, but he didn't say that you you didn't have to stand down when, say, uh, Queen Marjorie's army comes in through her grandmother. And he goes, that's true. I, I can stand down. The king didn't tell me not to, you know, being the technocrat that he is. So 
what that means is is that they're going to allow the Tyrell family as army to come into the city and basically just slaughter or arrest every every sparrow they can. And okay. and it, what happens is is that not only does Kevin Lannister agree to this because of the technocratic uh, things, right. but also they use if we stop the sparrow, you'll get your son back, who's Lancelot, right. who's been brainwashed yeah, by what has yeah. become one of the kooks. That's right, exactly. It, Mike, is that that's your understanding too, right? Yeah, it's well. You say that's what will happen. I think that's what won't happen. I think that's, that's a plan. Yeah, I think on, on a show, on any show, if you know they want as much surprise as possible. So if they're going to tell you what they're going to do, there's no surprise in it. So usually they tell you what they're going to do, so you can be surprised when everything goes wrong. Um, <laughs> what about this, Mike? I was thinking that maybe it was a it was a trap that the Tyrell army would come in, wipe out the sparrows, and then Jamie and Cersei's will have the Lannister army slaughter the Tyrells. And that's something that is entirely possible. Um, and right, so the other thing is that you know if they, if this is what was going to happen, then you would have had something like Jamie sit down and says. And I have a plan, and then they would have cut away, and we wouldn't find out what the plan was. We just watched it unfold. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to go differently. The question is, will it go? Are are the Lannisters setting up the Tyrells? Are they setting up the Tyrells and the Sparrows, or are they going to get their asses handed to them by the Sparrows? I think what? the Tyrells will show up and take care of the Sparrows, and then the, the Kingsguard will take care of the Tyrells. What about what about the Tyrells? Since they are "quote unquote" the second largest army in Westeros, based off of what was said at this meeting, would I didn't think of this either? What happens if they decide to turn the tables and wipe out the Lannisters and and then take over? That's uh, also a possibility. That'd be interesting. Um, I do think it's interesting. What I like here is um, I. I, I it's interesting seeing the change in Cersei, and I was reading Forbes magazine had an article, uh, probably on the online version, I don't doubt it was in print, uh, lamenting the fact that there is now a dearth of villains on Game of Thrones, to which he cited Cersei becoming a hero, and I don't think that's what's happening with Cersei. But, but I, I like her. I like her as a hero right now. Well, yeah, but you're kind of crazy. <laughs> I, I think Cersei is, I think Cersei is kind of solid at this point, right, that she is um, she is benefiting us by fighting someone who is worse, but she's not going to be all sunshine and happiness when this is over. Right. She wants things to get back to ground zero where they were before the sparrows showed up. And so she uh, because she made she made money against people. Right. She made a tactical error by by helping them achieve the power they now have. She wants to erase that mistake and go back to the royalty being in charge of everything and being able to uh, have her puppet stance. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. And, and I'm thinking that's probably where she's going, and I could see her like trying to wipe out all her enemies at the same time, and that is a possibility. Because I don't, I think the Tyrell woman, uh, uh, the grandmother, I think she... Is basically what it is is they're blinding Kevin Lannister and blinding the trial woman by using their children or or grandchildren as as weak moments. Like you don't want Marge, you know, motivation. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So they're not thinking as appropriately as they should. And also, I think Tyrell and 
and Kevin Lannister have become kind of buddy buddy. At least they they respect each other. So I don't see her wanting to overthrow the Lannisters necessarily. Just maybe Cersei's and Jamie. But again, I don't see that as a likely scenario. I would see more that Cersei's is going to try to pull something fishy. That's just a guess. Well, the problem is, like uh, Tywin said. Uh, Cersei's problem is that she's not as smart as she thinks she is. <laughs> so we'll see how this all goes. Yeah, yeah, and and even though Jamie seems like he's pretty smart, I mean, he's I don't I don't know uh, enough about his character to whether he's, he's not a real, Tywin smart. Yeah, yeah, he's not Tywin. He's not his father, that's for sure, and and that that's a fair point. So that pretty much wraps up King's Landing, right? Or am I forgetting something? That was it. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, it, it was a good storyline. I, I enjoyed it tremendously. I always liked uh, anything with Cersei's in it because it's uh, she's an interesting character, even when I hate her or even when I do like her. So. <laughs> I was, but you're just liking her now because she's going against the High Sparrow. You're damn right. As, 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 as soon as she turns back on Marjorie. Oh, yeah, that would not be good. And see, like I don't, I don't know that I buy for a minute that she feels at all. Uh, that she wants Marjorie not to have to do the walk. I might buy that she's a little conflicted about her son's wife having to do the walk and Marjorie having to do the walk and the fact that they're the same person. Well, uh, yeah, and I was going to say, I think the statement she made about how she feels about whoever is queen commanding respect, I think she's telling the truth about that. And she, she would rather have Marjorie that she doesn't like not do the walk and retain the respect of the for the title of the queen than the other way around. And also, I would say that, Mike, your point is valid too, which is her ultimate goal is to get back to, you know, uh, alpha, female, alpha female, alpha person, period. doesn't matter gender. And so if, if you know, Marjorie doing a walk or not is insignificant and doesn't matter to her getting to alpha person again. It was un- it was unfortunate because uh, because, because uh, it made me mad actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's part of the point. Um, and, and, well, um, I think what's interesting is that what I, I was kind of grooving on this episode to begin with. I was thinking the scenes are playing out longer. Yeah. Right. That what didn't feel as rushed as the last couple of episodes where things were flying. Right, right, and and it, and it didn't have the stupid beats, you know, like like the little dumb conversation between Tywin, Tyrion, and, and Grey Worm last week. You know? and, and things things that some things worked better than they did last week. Um, but I think part of this is because like you have uh, storylines coming together. So yes. so what would have been two separate scenes in the previous week are now one longer scene this week. That's true. Um, but, and I was thinking, this is cool, I'm really enjoying this episode, it's really solid, and there's no, like, no no relying upon a kick-ass-like moment. There's no killing of Bruce Bolton, uh, or anything like that, to, to sort of gin up the excitement. And then, of course, I'm thinking that right, and then we cut to Ramsey. <laughs> right. So, Ramsey has uh, Osha summoned to his chambers, or wherever he is, 
Um, and, and basically, it's just a scene with Ramsey, so that we can uh, discover that, yeah, he's really evil, in case he hadn't caught on already. Uh, and he basically just kills Osha because he finds out that he helped Rickon and Bran escape. But you know what? You know what? I don't know if he would have killed her at that moment. I mean, he probably would have done something different. It's just that she was going to make the first move, and so she, so he did it then instead of later. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know. I thought he was going to kill her anyway. Yeah, well, I think it's part of this is to remind, not just, not just say, hey, Ramsey's evil, because he is. Yeah, we already know it's that. It's to say, yeah, it's to say Ramsey's not an idiot. Yeah, he's, he sure is. Because that's where it's, it's a little debatable based on the stuff he's done. We're not sure. He's just a sadist. Like, is, he as, is he as clever as his father himself was a, a pale imitation of Tywin, nevertheless. Um, I don't think he's as clever as his father because he's more of a reactionary, but he's definitely not stupid. And he's not He's not Joffrey. He's not a Joffrey. Right, that. exactly. But it also answers the question of, well, what is he going to do with these gifts that he had been given by, um, by the Umbers? And obviously, Rickon is of value to him, so he, for, for, so he can't kill him. He may be able to chop his nuts off or whatever, but he can't kill him. Whereas Osha, well, right, just a woman, and we know what he is, what he's like with women, and I love, and just the idea as we're watching the scene play out, and we'd seen Osha do this before with... Mike, I would like um, that interject, because you brought gender in this again, and I would say he's like this to all human beings, because we saw what he did to Theon. No, what he did to Theon was worse than what... He did right, to any. No, stop, stop, stop. He's got a different taste for females. He has a, he, right, he just lost his prime bitch. <laughs> By feeding her to the dogs. Not his mom, the, uh, one that died last season. Well, I'm not, alright, then you're talking about something. I thought you were just talking about how he's sadistic to human beings in general, and I'm saying that it's no, equal. No, no, he'll, he'll torture anybody, but he, he's, he's, he's obviously, like a lot of men, he's got a thing for the ladies. Okay. And and we've seen Osha do this before. We saw her do this to Theon. Yep. Right. So when he's so it's just kind of awesome as like the audience is like I or at least I was a half a step behind him when he says and he told me everything. Uh huh. And he's like and everything he emphasized and we see her like looking at the knife. She's going for the knife. Wants the knife. And he's like, wait, oh shit, right? She was the one that betrayed Theon in the first place. Right. Um, and so, yeah, and then well, as that's about to process, then goes the knife. It, well, and you know, the thing is, is that, is that, um, I, you, you knew, I didn't know she, he was going to kill her or, or that she was going to attempt to kill him or whatever. I, I figured he was, she was going to attempt to kill him and then he would just beat her down and, and then put her to jail and then torture her or something. But, um, but yeah, you knew that he wasn't going to fall for it because, um, he he was gonna have his way with her, whether it's sexually uh, horrible or just plain evil torturing. Anyway, so what? No matter what, it, she could. In other words, she wasn't. We knew that she could not seduce him. Period. Because he was gonna get her, whether or not she seduced him, if he really wanted and, it. And, and, and Ramsey being Ramsey, he still might be having her his way with her. <laughs> right. Well, well, well. I'll tell you one thing: the, do- the dogs are. That's for sure. Dogs are getting well fed this month. <laughs> well, I do like this idea. Like, you know, where he says, well, you know, he says something about all the bad things he's done. He says, well, have you ever eaten the people? He's like, no, well, not a big deal then. 
That was a good line. That was. That's right. Because, she, again, we we got to remember, she's a wildling, and she saw knew the Fens, right? Or the Fens, or whatever you call right, people. Right, right. Yeah. And they, they're cannibals and, and and so forth. And they do basically what the flay – they flay people. And so she just assumed that maybe the Boltons were like them. You know, who knows? Right. She's like, do you eat them afterwards? He's like, no. She's like, well, then you're not that bad. <laughs> I, I, do feel, I, I, I do feel a little bad for the actress because, you know, she comes in for a part that was supposed to be a tiny part. Oh, man, you're really awesome. We're going to make you a regular. She gets three uh-huh. seasons of work. And they say, and we're sending you off into Neverland with Rigan. And who knows if we're ever going to see you again. And so she's been on the unemployment line for the last two or three years. And you call her up on the phone, hey, good job. You're going to get a paycheck again. She's like, great. And we're going to kill you after two episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 was, I was bummed that she died because I like her. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to make her a, a main character again, and that would have been cool. Because I, I kind of miss, you know, the, her and, and Igrit and all those other people that died way back, and I thought they were bringing one of them back for, you know, for the long haul, and unfortunately that wasn't the case. Right. So that, that was pretty much it. Uh, there's a scene with Ramsey and he kills Osha because they want that to happen, so that's that. Um, Greyjoys. We had some Greyjoy action this episode. Yep. Very little, teeny, teeny little Greyjoy action. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. The, Theon goes to visit a cock merchant. No. Um... If it, what's his sister's name? Yara. 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 Yeah, she visits Yara. Yara naturally thinks, well, isn't this a fucking coincidence? Dad's dead. King Luke's dead. And your right. ass shows up without any balls. <laughs> and she does go out again. What, do you really think anybody here is going to follow you? Well, and, and, and you know what? It kind of made me pissed that she was that way because it reminded, made me think that, okay, she's just power hungry like the rest of them. In other words. You know, I can see, you know, she may want to be the leader anyway. Well, and, and she is. And, and given that she lives in Westeros where all this shit is happening, I don't think her suspicions are unreasonable. <laughs> right. And let's, and let's also remember that this is a woman who defy, kind of defied her father, charged off to rescue her brother. And he rebuffed her when she, after, you know, she braved danger and had several of her men killed to save him. And he recoiled from her. And, I, you know, I think she's earned a little bit of reason to be annoyed with her, her brother. You know, and Theon, let's be honest, this was a guy that couldn't earn respect when he had balls. <laughs> and he's not, he's not, not only doesn't, you know, and he's been tortured and all this other crap. You know, he's, he's, he was clearly, he's not. He's not, you know, he's ahead. He's still, he's better than what he was in terms of Reek when he first got to Reek two years ago, but he's, he's still a shell of what he had been. Sure, yeah, but yeah, he's he definitely perfect. And he doesn't even want it, and he finally gets a chance to explain it to her once he gets her to shut up and stop accusing them of shit. He's like, look, I, I, that's not what I want. That's not why I came back. I want to help you rule the island because I think you deserve it. And she's like, oh, well, all right then. Yeah, he says, so she, he wants to be basically some sort of advisor, and he's going to, basically when they do this King's Moot thing, I could see next week or whenever they do it, he's going to be there, and they're not going to know the history behind of what happened to him, and he'll say, I throw my support to Yara, and you know, that's what, that's what we're, I'm guessing is going to happen, it's kind of, you know, almost written down for us to see, so. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of predictable, and it'll probably go very, very close to that. But you know um, what? And it, and it, does look, it does look like it's going to happen next episode for the uh, next time on Game of Thrones. Do you, do you think she's going to 
win it, or do you think they're going to go with uh, the guy that killed her father? I'll find out. Yep, we'll get Alright, how about we go to my man Littlefinger? The man, okay. he's the best. And I did think it was interesting, I didn't know this, I was listening to uh, another podcast, and they mentioned that Martin has said in the past that there are three characters that we are never going to get in the books. Uh, we're never going to get a point of view chapter from, and that's and, and that's um, uh, what's the uh, Reed, jo- uh, not George and Reed, uh, Mira. No, the older one. Oh, George uh, or Mormon. No, Helen Reed, the guy that stabbed okay. the, uh, the back in the flashback yeah. sequence. Yeah, and that's Helen Reed and Varys and Littlefinger. Well, yeah, and they said because the reason is if we told from their point of view, everybody would know the entire story. Exactly. Um. And so, Littlefinger, we lamented, has been gone for a couple of episodes. He's been absent this season, and he's back. And we found out he's gone back to the Vale to deal with, um, Rupert, um, right, with little Robin, right, the, uh, Robin. <laughs> yes. And I give, I gotta give, I don't like this character. I don't hate the character from Robin, but I gotta give the actor credit. Oh, he's, yeah. a, he's an ugly he's bastard. Really good job of, of playing this kid who is a has power and probably shouldn't, and is really kind of slow and really kind of dangerous because he's kind of simple and uh, can throw a tantrum at any given point well, in time. So uh, he reminds he's volatile, me. He's volatile, slow, and has power. And those three things are a dangerous combination. Well, yeah, you basically take him and he's. He's like a Joffrey, you know, a, a stupider Joffrey. Joffrey. But even more so. You have, you have Ramsey, then you have Joffrey. And take like another ten steps, and you've got Robin. Yeah. And when you um, say that, Mike, you don't necessarily mean intelligence-wise. You mean more sadistic-wise. No, I mean intelligence-wise, but in the wrong direction. Oh, oh, uh, well, but why would you use Ramsey? Because Ramsey's not even close to him. Ramsey's more no, a normal so person Ramsey, when it comes you, to intelligence. Ramsey, who's intelligent. Yeah. Then you got to Joffrey, who's probably I don't think he was stupid, but he but he wasn't clever. Right. Um, he was probably about normal intelligence. And then you take Joffrey and keep going and push it. And I don't even think Robin's smart enough to be evil. I think he lives so much. He's just a spoiled child who has no understanding of what really goes on around him. Well, let me... No empathy for anybody. And he's, and he's just reminds me a bit of, uh, the, what's this, the Car- Orson, right? The character from the, question the Beatles. Yeah, right. He doesn't necessarily know. Well, he just enjoys crushing the Beatles. He loves watching the bad men fly. Uh-huh. So, Mike, you're, you're not implying... All right, so that's why I was confused, because I was saying, why would you say Ramsey? You could have used any character, because Ramsey's in the, the intelligent. You could have said, you know... No, uh, sadistic, uh, sadistic, so you're talking about... So, so you're talking about sociopathology with intelligence, not just intelligence. Well, there's a lack of intelligence, yeah, but it's... Yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't think he has the smarts to be... have any kind of empathy for anybody, or to have any idea of what he's doing, where the others at least understand the ramification they can plot. He's, he's never going to be a danger to anyone outside of his immediate vicinity. Um, you know, because he's too stupid, he's too easily manipulated, and if you're not there in front of him, he doesn't necessarily care about you. And that's that's the point of the scene, is who's, who's the guy that's there with him training. Yeah, that's like the, he was like the hand, the hand of 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 the person of the veil, basically. He's like the, yeah, the his, king. Okay, what's his name? Do he, we know his name? Yes, we do. Uh, he's Lord a Lord Royce. Yeah, Lord Royce. Okay. Yeah. So, so the, basically, the point of this scene uh, is for me to get a little finger back to the story. 
and and the little finger to demonstrate to Lord Royce that he is not to be fucked with, because uh, he's got Robin's ear. Robin loves his Uncle Littlefinger. Uh, so Uncle Littlefinger just gave him a gift. Right, right. So he, he basically shows up and Royce and, and Littlefinger get into to an argument. Uh, and Littlefinger's like, well, that's uh, that's Robin's decision. And Robin's like, let the bad man fly! And Royce's like, holy shit. <laughs> so, and then, then uh, Littlefinger's like, you know, he's been faithful. He could probably be pretty useful in a, in, a, in, a, in a pinch. Maybe we should keep him around. Ron's like, well, all right, if you say so. And Littlefinger just looks at Royce like, yeah, don't fuck with me. <laughs> yeah, so I was looking at it as if basically this was just a consolidation of of a Littlefinger, of his power, of the veil, basically, is what he's doing. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not, my question is, I didn't understand that uncle comment because he's – not really his uncle, right? He's, he's his stepfather or something? I don't know what the hell he is. Well, no, he, he was adopted by or taken in by um, by Caitlin Stark's family. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's right, and, and Caitlin's sister was Lady Aaron, was his mother. Yeah. So he's sort of his adoptive uncle. Yeah, I see what you're in saying. Because the, cause, cause the same way that like, Caitlin is often referred to Littlefinger as her brother, which annoyed Littlefinger because he, he didn't want to be her brother unless it was in a J.B. Lannister sort of way. <laughs> right, right. Very true. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So, uh, but here's my question: Do you think that that uh, that he actually did determine? Because I'm thinking that Littlefinger was full of shit the entire time. That what? Repeat about this? what? Because uh, he talked about how he was intercepted by the Bolton forces, and yeah, of course oh, he was full of shit. Yeah, we yeah, all know okay. that. Yeah, we know what ha- really happened. He he brought Sansa right to the Boltons. So, but when, uh, when Royce calls him out on it, he's just like, yeah, I'll have Robin throw you out the, out the moon door. Well, no, no, he was, Royce it was, was like, okay, no, no, but it was brilliant because he goes, the only other person that, that knew about my plan was you. Did you sell me out to the Boltons? And, and then, exactly. and then, and then, then the little Robin goes, let's throw him out of the door. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's face goes white. And that's what, and that's what my wife said. I want, let the bad man fly because there are just certain lines that everyone will always remember from Game of Thrones. Yes. And that's one of them. That's right. That was awesome. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a pretty short and as far as the plot well, goes, there was one, one thing you forgot, Eric. What? He, he, he got Robin to, to send his, the, the, basically the veil force to the wall, basically. So here's another army that's heading north, probably to kick that, join up with the Starks and and the Wildlings to take out the Boltons, possibly. Okay. What would you think, Mike? We'll talk about, we'll talk about that more in, uh, in a little bit. Well, you, Mike, what yeah. do you think about that? Well, yeah, and we're, we're, we're going to see that they need the forces, um, but they don't need a lot. Right, so they have a strong army, and here's one that's going to be available to them. Yep. Exactly. But but it was great to see Baelish again. He's the best. Yes, yes, little finger rolls. Uh, so then uh, let's talk about uh, Marine, and then we can talk about uh, the North and Danny. Okay. Um, so Marine, we get the scene where uh, Tyrion is negotiating, uh, which with a couple of the slavers from the other cities, uh, and he's basically like, look. Uh, 
Yeah. The slavers bought it. Yeah, I, I, I think they, they agreed to it. Okay. What about Mike? You think so? I don't know that they had much of a choice, but yes, since they didn't, they didn't um, have us have us end on a bad, negative note. I'm assuming that yeah, they agreed to some degree. But I think he still left things open because he said we have to find a different way to deal with things once the slaves are gone. So yeah. I think there's still issues. But I also liked how they handled it with. Uh, Mesende and Grey Worm were really, yeah. really not liking the deal, but and because, yeah, you understand how, as former slaves, they're like, well, you know, seven years is not a short time. Everybody <laughs> uh, says, well, I have new sympathy for the player slaves. How long were you a slave? That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. <laughs> that was, it was for like one episode. But, um, but, right. but Tyrion is brilliant, in, even though they don't understand it. But he was brilliant in his explanation, which is, yes, slavery is bad and war is bad, but we can't stop both in one day. And the only way you could is if you're all powerful and you can do that. But he, right. they're not. So right. they have to negotiate and, and you have to negotiate right. which, with. Which bad would you rather end? Yeah, it's like the Cold War, right? Or, or you know, not sorry for the analogy, Eric, but, but you know, you have the. the Iron Curtain, and and it sucks that the people on the east side got st- the short end of the stick, but it was the best we could do without going to nuclear thermal nuclear war. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Masembe and Grey Worm are not on board with the negotiation, uh, but it looks like it's moving forward as uh, what's going to happen. But you know what? They didn't out- outright rebel with them, right? They kind of said, yeah, or, you know, they, they still let them do it, with, even though they didn't necessarily well, like it. Well, just kind of warned them. He's like, you don't understand these people. They're gonna, they're, you're going to regret this decision. It's basically what he tells Tyrion. Right, right. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yep, exactly, exactly. And that's so pretty much it, right? Yeah, for that. that that's yeah. pretty much what happened in uh, Marine this week. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about uh, up north. And I want to start by saying, Phil, pay attention. You may not hear this from me again. I am now on board with Sansa. Excellent. Excellent. This is recorded, Eric. We have it recorded. (laughs) I still think your obsession is uh, a little obsessive and more of my creepy, but I am on board with Team Sansa. (laughs) You've seen uh, the lights. Welcome the aboard. The episode actually starts with Sansa arriving at uh, the wall and John and Sansa being reunited. And I didn't realize this until they pointed it out after this year that this is really the first time these two have been in the same room since the pilot episode. Um, yeah, pretty much. So you're right. That's kind of impressive that, they, that these two characters have been such a major part of the show. But not interacted, even though they have a, they're related <laughs> for, you know, six seasons. However, I'd like to say, Eric, in your defense, what Sansa what? said, which is, what Sansa said, I was awful, admit it. Yeah, that's so, true. She so, was all, 
Yeah, but 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 no, but John. Yeah. She was awful. Admit it. But Jon Snow had the perfect comeback, which is we were just stupid kids. Right. Well, but she was a right. she was a stupid kid for the first like three seasons of the series. Um, I, I would say the first two. I don't know about the third. Okay, first two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, actually, that's not true. I would just say it's the first season because the second season, after her head, her father's head was dropped off, she wasn't a stupid kid anymore. She she was a, well, a survivor. She was still stupid for a while after that. Well, you know, well, she didn't like Joffrey anymore. It's just that she didn't know what to do. She was stuck. Right. You know. Uh, but right. I, but that's fair, Mike. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, again, those you know, people under the age of eighteen, you know, usually get away in some cases, especially if it's not pure evil what they do. It's just stupid. <laughs> well, and it's, a, it's the idea that she had to become, a, this is the first time we've seen Happy Sansa since the first season, and that's, you know, and that's nice to see. Because she has been, and justifiably so, absolutely miserable since uh, she found out that the person that she loved was a giant dick. Well, yeah, which was when, when her, her uh, wolf got killed by them. Right. Yeah. Pretty much she's been been a, been a spoiled little bitch ever since. Oh, she was a spoiled little bitch before that, too. But, um... Right. So, she's been through a whole hell of a lot to get here, and now she's here. Uh, and but before we get into... I mean, there's just, uh, before we proceed with the plot ramifications of uh, what happened at the wall, uh, I want to talk about a little something that was, was just kind of a sideline thing. But... It brought me so much entertainment value, which is the whole thing going on with Torment and Brienne. Because <laughs> when, when they show up at the wall, uh, it's Sansa and Brienne and Podrick. Uh, and uh, while Brienne is riding across the courtyard, you catch Tommen kind of looking at her like, hmm. <laughs> uh, who, who? You said Tommen, not Tommen, who? Torment. Oh, Torment. The Torment yeah. giant. Yeah. Yeah, giant's thing. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, when they're eating dinner, he's like, he's, he's trying to make sexy eyes on her while he's not on his <laughs> And she wasn't entirely repelled by it. She was kind of into it, it seemed. So that whole thing was just cracking me up. And I am on board for a brilliant Tormund romance. I want to well, see that happen. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, um, she, she deserves it. She deserves it. Well, apparently what I understand, again, from listening to another podcast, is that uh, in the books, Torment repeatedly boasts about the size of his genitalia. Uh-huh. And he talks about it like he, like he lost like half of his Johnson to Frostbite, but it's still the biggest one in the North. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, good for Brienne. I mean, it's just... Good for Brienne, yes. She she deserves to, to have some romance in her life, so I hope she hooks up with Torment. I would like to see that happen. Oh, yeah. Um, so so that's that's the amusing part of this, what's going on up there. But the the rest of it is pretty pretty serious. Uh, which is that uh, Sansa is trying to talk John into uh, going to take Winterfell back. Um, and John's not on board. John wants nothing to do with anything anymore. He's like, screw this. I've been through all this shit. You know, uh, I've done this. Uh, I've killed men I admired. I hung a child that was younger than Bran. I'm done with this shit. I just want to go south and get warm. Uh, yeah, I, I so, like I like that comp, that whole 
speech because he was implying that you could actually imply that he was talking about Alston Thorne when he said, I've killed honorable and good men, or not good men, but he said honorable uh, men. I thought he was talking about the wildling guy, the king. What's uh, I, I think it was him and, uh, was it Halfhand? Halfhand? Who's Halfhand? There was a, was that the guy that he, he was, he was one of the um, Night's Watch that basically made him kill him to get him in with the wildlings? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 why all he did it? Because the peep, they Gwilings ate and killed his parents and his sister. So get over it. So I'm not. No, I'm not. I hate the hell of them. But but he, <laughs> but but I I think. But and, and to be honest, who the hell wants to kill little kids, even if they ask assholes? Right. Right. Well, except Mike. Right. Well, again, I think you know they gave Alistair a chance to uh, twice basically give his speak his mind about why he did what he did. Yeah. Right? Um, and they never really let Ollie do that after John was dead. So let's let's remember John gave gave uh, aid and comfort to the people that ate his parents. Right. So so yes, John saved him and then saved the people that ate his parents. Uh, I can understand why he's a little miffed and I think he was equally as as justified in doing what he did as uh, as Alistair was. Yeah, no, that's right. So e- either way, John had to kill a lot of people, and he says he's sick and tired of killing people, whether they were good people or bad people. He's sick and tired of killing and killing and war and all this, and he's done. He just wants to be a farmer and walk the right. earth or something. He just wants to get the hell out of the wall. See, he doesn't want to be a Castle Black anymore. Right. He's like, I tried my best, and I got murdered for my efforts. Screw this whole thing. Um, and Ed, before Sansa showed up, was trying to talk him into saying anyway. He's like, we're at Hardwall. You saw what's coming. How can you abandon us when you know what's on the way? And that's um, a valid point. Yeah, it is. So, uh, and, and Sansa, uh, and this is part of one of the reasons I want to get on board with Team Sansa at this point, uh, actually has grown a spine. Uh, and she's like, no, screw that. We're, uh, I'm going to go get Winterfell back. You can help me if you want to, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> I was like, yeah, go Sansa. Um, and so he's kind of, he's uh, still not 100% on board. And then what happens is they get a letter uh, from Winterfell, and that really tips the scales for John because uh, it's Ramsey being all sorts of psycho murder asshole guy. Uh, and he basically sends this letter to John saying, yeah, I've got Rickon. He's in my dungeon. Uh, I've got the skin of Rickon's direwolf on my floor. Come and Come see. And see. Come and see. Yes. Come and see. Uh, he's like, uh, yeah, I'll come murder you and all your fucking crow friends and I'll rape your sister and murder your brother. He basically just like says every single horrible thing. 
he could possibly say. But but what did he uh, what did he want from Jon Snow? Um, he wanted Sansa. 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 Because he, he knew Sansa was at the wall somehow. And he, he says, basically, give me back your sister, and I won't come and do all those terrible things that I just mentioned. Right. Uh, and John's response isn't, oh, well, maybe I should turn Sansa over. John's response is, hey, Tormund, how many men you got in your army? <laughs> and Sansa's like, you know what? Uh, There's still 3,000 short. Well, but, he, but she's like, the people of the North don't forget. The houses of the North will fight for you if you ask them to. Um, so apparently, maybe at, the, at this point they're going to try marching south and uh, try and rally the uh, the the rest of the North against uh, the Bolton. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so uh, we're going to get a battle at Winterfell, I believe. So that'll be kind of cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. yeah, and it's. I, I, what I like about this is that I've said, I was, said, I think I said this last week, is that Sansa needed to be do something affirmative, right? Yeah, basically been running. I mean, yes, she she knighted or whatever Brienne, but basically she got she didn't kill the she got used to kill Joffrey, right? She didn't have any say in that plot. She was right. dragged along. She little finger part of it. Yep. Littlefinger dragged her along from the Vale, dragged her along to Winterfell, married her off to Ramsay. She had no say in any of that. She 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 was tortured by Ramsay. She had she Theon helped her in. <laughs> yeah, Theon helped her escape. And so yes, you start getting sympathy for her because she's been through so much shit, but she'd never done much. Well, never, but I would like to interject here. Like, I would like to interject here is that I I don't blame her for not wanting to do much because just like everybody else in the entire world, you just want to live a life. You don't want to have to murder people or tell people what to do or or own the, the souls of people by saying off with your head. So, but unfortunately, she's now at a point where she has to make a decision, which is take back what is hers, or or you know keep on running. Right. So I'm just glad that this isn't simply, and this is going to come up again, that this was not simply. Oh, I found my brother John. I'm going to hide in Castle Black and hope that Ramsay never finds me while John goes off. To defend my valor and take back Winterfell. I like right. the fact that, that John, having been betrayed, having been stabbed in the back, and having been through years of war, um, and we've seen him go through a couple of them, um, is, is sick and tired of it, and that she's the one who's to finally, again, we finally see her happy. She's in a good spot, and she says, no, the right thing to do is to free our people and reclaim our home from this murderous fucktard. Well, and 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 sometimes, and sometimes you, you you're forced to do it. It's her what well, her actions are more not. Uh, in other words, it's like people who are forced to go to war, or if your country is invaded by a foreign force, you aren't planning to ever fight a war in your life. But now you have to, you know, rally the local farmers, grab the guns, and do the guerrilla warfare. And this is what she's doing, not by choice, but because she has to. And that's what makes it more honorable than just saying, let's go fucking kick ass. It's she's doing it because she has to, not because um, she's just a, you know, a power-hungry asshole. At least in my right, opinion. And she's, and she, she's not, um, you know, she's not going to be Joan of Arc. She's not going to be leading the charge. You know, that we saw Arya in the very first episode show she was a better shot than, than Bran was, right? Um, that is not who Sansa is. But while she was at uh, Winterfell with the Boltons, even though she had a horrible time there, uh, she learned 
while she was there, because I don't think she realizes before everything she went through, that she actually does have some power just in her name. Uh, she's a Stark, and the people of North are loyal to the Starks. Uh, so I think she learned that about herself, and she's now using um, the limited power that she has to try and uh, make things right. Right, and, and to have the name... It- is very important, and she fortunately has the genes, the name, and as you said, Eric, the Starks are well-respected family. They were rulers of the North for years, um, who knows how long prior to the show even started, and most families, uh, probably even the Ross, Ross Bolton before he did what he did, all thought that they were fair and, and honest rulers. So they had a lot of goodwill, um, and so forth. So I, I think the name is very important, um, and she's smart enough to know that, and and that's that's right. the key. So. Yep. Um. So that uh, am I am I forgetting anything at the at the wall? That's pretty much it. No, that's pretty much it. And, and, right. and the main thing is next week that we we spend some sweet romance time between Tormund and Brienne. That's that would be awesome. <laughs> I hope it happens. Uh, but, but, but again, this is nice that we've taken two storylines and brought them together, uh, and that's going to make the storytelling, I think, a little bit easier going forward. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and, and immediately when that happened, I, I immediately texted Mike and Eric and said, she's made it to the wall! Yes! And then <laughs> I said, that was awesome. It was the greatest thing ever. Yes. <laughs> In the preview, it was a blink and you would have missed it moment, but yeah. Oh, I did, I, um, I did miss that, yeah. It was, it was really, well, I mean, technically it didn't have to be there. She could have gone to Castle Jones or something, but, uh, sure. Castle Jones. <laughs> awesome. She was at some, some castle, and we know where she was headed. But again, I, I do give them credit for it. They are moving things along. Yes, yes. All right. Uh, and so, uh, then we just have, uh, Danny. Uh, over with the, the horse guys, uh, and, uh, Joe Mormont and, what's his name? I always forget his name, the boy toy. Darius, Dario, 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 but Dick's like, you guys are fucking crazy. We can't run away. They'll catch us. Um, so she has a plan. Uh, <laughs> so basically the plan is well, for, uh, yeah, they're going to have this, uh, I don't know if you, it's not a court session, but it's something similar. Basically, they're going to gather a meeting. Yeah, they're going to gather all the, uh, the, uh, oh, God damn it. Um, Dothraki... Calls. calls, yes. Yeah, that's the word I was trying to remember, calls. All the calls are going to come forth and make a decision of whether Danny's going to live with widows in that whatever the place is called, um, or they're going to decide to do something else. Yeah, that, um, that, that was surprising to me, because it, it's, it was like completely out of character for what you expect, because the widows, once you're a widow, you just go to that place, and now they're making this new thing, which came out of nowhere for me, anyway. That, she didn't go to that place let her call Oh, gotcha. Okay, that explains it. Okay. Yeah, you're only that clear about that. Um, okay, so I wasn't the only one that was a little at the hit after you for a second. Trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, that, that's why. It's because when, when, calls, when 
went to head to that place where all the widows are. But instead, she went and conquered a bunch of slave cities uh, and did all that. Gotcha. And that's when they're unhappy with her. Gotcha. Okay, all right. Gotcha. Um, so they're having a session to decide whether she should live out the last of her life with all the other widows, or they should, I don't know, whatever they want to do with her. Well, but before we get into that, um, we, we should talk about um, the city itself, because basically Jorah Muhammad says that we can't bring any, any weapons into the city, because if we get caught, we can immediately know we're foreigners. And, um, and, and, and so we, you know, we have to leave the weapons. And so they have this funny scene. And we also find out that Demet Dario now finds out that he has the, the stone disease. Oh, yeah, the stone, yeah. stone skin. Or, uh, yeah. Gracia. Gracia, right, right. Um, yeah, so, so Dario finds out that Jorah has a grayscale. Thank you for reminding me about that moment. It was very quick, but, but it did happen. Yeah. Uh, Jorah's basically like, don't worry, I didn't touch you. You don't have it. Now. Um, <laughs> And that, by the way, gives him an excuse to say, I'll bury my own dagger, thank you. Exactly. Like, which is his dagger, yeah, which is his dagger with the naked lady handle. That's right. <laughs> this is my dagger. There are many like it, but this one is mine. Uh, you can buy you can buy a replica of that somewhere, too, I'm sure. <laughs> Starting tomorrow. Uh, but let me ask you this. Um, when they go into the city, and before all that stuff with the, the calls and, and, and whatnot, um... And they basically uh, murder, murder someone, and then they hook up with uh, the queen by by uh, basically you know showing up. They say she says, "I have a plan for you." Did you get the idea that they set up what? In other words, the the, the thing that stops the whole process. Well, I think what happened. In, well, we'll, well, well, well when we talk about. But yeah, did you think they? Since we're in spoilers, I remember. See, I, I had it as it was Coles, and what happened was Jorah Mormont and Darius 
were the ones that poured oil all over the building for her. Uh, that was but, part but of the plan. In, but how would they get in on the floor inside? Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. The oil spilled out of the things. That okay. was my impression. All right. Because um, the fire was kind of spreading across the floor as if it was liquid. Um, so basically, there are these four, these four braziers. Yeah, 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 braziers, whatever. Yeah, um, braziers. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those words that everybody sees in Dungeons and Dragons, but never know how to pronounce it because you never say it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and she basically grabs one with her bare hand, at which point everybody starts paying attention because they're like, um, "Why isn't she screaming?" Because <laughs> she should be having the shit burned out of her hand right now, and she basically grabs the thing and tips it over. And it spills out the burning oil. Then she grabs the other one, tips it over. It spills out with the burning oil. Catches the guys on fire. Catches the building on fire. And Jorah and Dario's part of the whole plan was that they killed the guards outside and locked the door from the outside so nobody could escape. That was their part of the plan. Um, oh, I see. So, it, ah, very good, Eric. Very good. So... Uh, the calls are all now trying to get out, and they can't because the door has been locked from the outside by Jorah and Dario. Uh, and the whole building goes up in flames uh, in a massive conflagration. Uh, and eventually it burns through the hinges of the doors, which fall down. Uh, and at that point, Danny comes walking out of the fire, uh, and we get to see her naked. Ah, she's so, down. so gorgeous, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Nicest pair of the other city I've found. So she comes walking out unburnt from this massive fire for the entire Dothraki nation to witness. Uh, so it's where before it was just a few people who saw her walk out from the flames. This time it's basically like the entire civilization of the Dothrakis. Uh, and they all bow to her uh, as a goddess. Um, so yeah, I think at this point we're just, uh, she's pretty much Queen of Dothraki and was something. I missed something. <laughs> No, that, that's, that pretty much uh, sums it up right there. Okay. Basically, now going to follow her, and she's the, now the the call or queen or whatever you or goddess or whatever Khaleesi. you want. To, yeah, Khaleesi, that's it. Yeah, and uh, Jorah and uh, and Dario now bow to, and this is where Dario now I think is going to be like crazy, like Jorah is, because now he saw what Jorah saw, because before that he had never seen. Any of this. All he saw was that some hot chick that that had charisma and had dragons, but now he sees like a supernatural thing, and that like makes him go, "Whoa!" Yeah, whoa, yeah. Ooh, well, plus you got to see see the pair of tits too. <laughs> this is also an awesome callback. We've been seeing a lot of callbacks this season. Obviously, you have the flashbacks with Bran. You just have the return of characters we haven't seen for a while, like Bran and Hodor and Osha, but. You know, this is a clear callback to the, the last episode of the first season, right, with her emerging from the fire. Of course. Um, they actually they, say that, Mike, um, in the uh, – me and Eric Watch have, you know, uh, HBO Now, and at the end there's a five minutes to ten minutes where they talk about the episode, and Benioff and Weiss say exactly that, that they've made it a callback to the episode. They, they actually say uh, episode 1.10 or something like that. And, uh, and yeah, right. Yeah. And and what's awesome is this is again this is sort of like what I was saying with Sansa I was dreading the idea that that Dario and um, and Jora were going to go in rescue her and leave and first of all being a stupid idea of two men against the Dothraki board but again it puts uh, 
standing in a passive position, whereas, you know, one of the potential leaders of the entire realms, she needs to be more active. And the other part, or the other possibility, everyone was expecting the dragon to come in and rescue her. Oh, yeah, that's so what I thought was coming. And so I love the fact that this was just Danny showing that she has far bigger balls than any of the Dothraki horse lords. Um, well, I don't, I don't know if that's true. It's just that she's more was more powerful than they because of her po- her supernatural powers in a sense. Because right, because they had, they had balls, they were going to do what they were going to do. It's just that she no, she won up them. Like, but it's easy to, to to be to say you have balls when you're six foot four, you know, two hundred pounds, and she's a she's a hobbit. I mean, <laughs> they did call her a midget during this whole thing, right? <laughs> so she is she is really tiny, and they they emphasize that in a number of the shots that they frame that she's clearly a very small petite woman, and for her to stand up to them. I mean, really, all it would have taken, she's immune to fire. She's not immune to a, well, actually, they don't, they don't have blades, do they? That's um, right. They could have choked, but they could have choked the shit out of her. Right, but but she, you're right. It, it, you're right. If this was the real world, it, it would have backfired and she would have probably got killed. It might have. Yeah. Um, but the point is that it wasn't with her dragon. It wasn't with, you know, an army behind her. It was basically with her willpower and her, uh, her intelligence, her cleverness, yeah. her cleverness. And, and and her supernatural powers to uh, be able to, to suspend, you know, worry about the fires. Plus, they didn't have right. any weapons as well. Right. But she, but she still manages to manipulate the situation to her advantage and basically take over the entire uh, I, Dothraki you, horde. You know what, though? I, I don't think it's as big of a deal. I mean, obviously it's a big deal, but I don't think it's as miraculous <laughs> as, as you're saying because... I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Because because what it was is that, you know, they, like you said, there are, there are all these huge guys and the small woman in a room that really she probably couldn't do anything against them if she didn't have the supernatural power of not being burnt. So she knew she had it. She tricked them. It was the only reason she had the upper hand was because of the supernatural power. And then it wiped them all out. And she knew that this would make her become this goddess to these people because they're going to see her and go, oh, my God, this is unbelievable what we just saw. But, but, I, but yeah, I mean, she's got that power. But I did see a new one in, in a new fan site saying this is how she's going to gonna get out of it. She's going to use her power of not getting burnt. Which let's oh, well, well yeah, but we, we didn't know that, that it was going to be in a room with, with right. these these braziers, you know. I mean, no one knew that. Well, except that this has already been, this is a set that's been established going back to the first season. You know, which is why she would know that those would be there. Oh, yeah, she would, but yes. we wouldn't necessarily know as the audience. Well, the thing is, Phil, you're saying, you're saying, oh, well, because they're supernatural bird and not being bird. Well, yeah, that's a pretty major point. Uh, and it's kind of why she deserves to rule. You're acting like she was cheating or something. No, she was taking advantage of her situation. No, no, I'm, I'm just trying to temper Mike's. Likes, uh, no, but it's not. But it's, it has nothing to do with it, Phil. It has to do with the fact that she was able to take the card she had, which was not a good hand, yeah. and, and turn it into you know a winning hand. And the idea that she could have been, uh, that, you know, look, let's run away from the draft hockey horn, but no, it's I'm going to make them my bitches. I'm right. going to, and I am going to ride them back into Marine. Okay. You know, and and at their head, that she didn't need the dragon to do it. All she needed her big strong men to do was bar the fucking door. 
Right, right. And she figured out a way that, that others had. It's the point is that she earned the win as opposed to having someone else come and rescue her. And I think it's All right. character I, development. That's fair, Mike. And, and, yes, she's a powerful woman, female power, blah, blah, blah. But, again, if she didn't have the supernatural power, she wouldn't have been able to do this. But she does. I know. But, <laughs> but that's that's true. But it's not because she was – The Dothraki did not have the big, strong muscles. They wouldn't be in the position they're in. You know, it's there's a lot. Of, everybody has cards in their hand. Everybody okay. does. Some are stronger than others. She used hers better than they use theirs. Right. Well, I, again, I don't, I don't think that's a fair point because they, just as anybody else in the entire world besides Jorah Mormont, would have not known that she had fire immunity. So it wasn't because they were stupid. I disagree. It was because they, 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 knew, they knew everything that happened to her. I, I, I don't know. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I don't know if they did. Well, yeah, but again, you actually think you could hear plenty of legends. You actually think you're going you're to believe it? Oh, that's their fault. They were arrogant. They were arrogant. Well, I, again, I, I don't. I don't. They are arrogant, and I don't like the characters, and I'm glad they're all dead. But they're that doesn't necessarily mean they were outsmarted. Yeah. It, what it was is yeah. they weren't prepared for... for you know, if, Sa- if, if Sansa had done this, you would have creamed yourself. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, 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 I am not uh, a, a fanboy like you, Mike. I'm sorry to say. But I do like Sansa a lot better. That's true. This has nothing to do with being a fanboy. This has to do with good writing and good character development. You know, and oh, and, and it was brilliant. I'm just saying that I think you're... Then I don't know why you're arguing. Well, well, no, I'm, I'm just saying that you said she outsmarted these guys, and it's like she didn't. She outsmarted them only for the fact that they didn't know that she had this mystical power. It had nothing to do with. They should have. It's not anything to do with them falling for some stupidity. They know that she walked out of the fire with the dragons. But who would believe that? The Dothraki that were there and saw it and told the other Dothraki. Right. <laughs> and, and, well, you can, Hillary Clinton can tell me something, and I'm not going to believe it. You know what I'm saying? Wait, wait, wait. They, they said, they commented to her, they believed that she, you know, the, the story about the witch cursing her and her child and lost her child because the witch cursed them. They believed that. Well, and also, Phil, in a world... Yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair actually, point, Mike. That's a fair point. That one. Well, in a world where there are actually dragons and white walkers... Wouldn't people be a little bit more apt to believe a legend like that? Well, that's the thing. That's an excellent point, too, Eric, because most people don't believe the White Walkers. They believe it's just a myth. Uh, okay, you got a fair point there. You see? So so you could look we at it. We, we, know that, we know that Tyrion didn't believe in the White Walkers. We know a lot of people, but I mean, I, I get the sense that the Dothraki are not exactly, you know, the, the, modern, uh, the modern horde. You know, that would be more superstitious than people in uh, Westeros. Right. I remember, I mean, that goes back to having the, the, the witch or the, the, the whatever her name is, you know, declaring her uh, right. her child, you know, the stuff well, who will ride the world. And e- everybody e- believes that because that's... Either way, these folk um, d- didn't believe it, obviously. Because, <laughs> because they would have had her chained up. Because all you have to do is put, put friggin' chains around her ankles and, and hands, and then she wouldn't have been able to do shit. You're right. Well, well, but the question is, and they should have, because they didn't, they didn't take her seriously because she was a little girl. Um, and they, it's, and, and let's be honest, even if they believed that she was fireproof, who would have thought that 
she's going to burn the whole fucking house down. <laughs> but that's not the point, though. They they didn't know. So whether they what they would have done had they known that she it was fireproof. Oh my goodness. I, well, I, I just think see Mike Mike going on more than just saying it was great writing and and excellent whatever, but being being a fanboy more than anything is what I'm saying. No, you're not. No, you're not, Phil. I'm not being a fanboy. This has nothing to do with being a fanboy. All right, this fair was enough. something I didn't see. This was something I didn't see coming. That I was sitting there watching and going, "What the fuck is she doing?" And not and and again, this is a series where a lot of times the fans have been kind of far ahead of the writers, and Jon Snow being a perfect example of that. Yeah, that's fair. All right, all right, Mike. All right, that's fair. I mean, the, that's true. I don't think many folks, including you, me, and Eric, when she was grabbing the first day, was going to come into it. I, I, yeah. I thought she was not going to get out of that situation without Drogon. Right. I, I don't think we knew what was going to happen until the moment she knocked over the Brazier. And that's why it was awesome. That's all I guess. Oh, oh, it was awesome no matter what. There's no doubt <laughs> about it. Yeah, but I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm just trying to say that she didn't true she won up them but not necessarily because they were stupid it was because they weren't prepared for a, a supernatural element okay we'll leave it there because i'm tired of arguing about this yes <laughs> indeed indeed <laughs> is there anything else we want to talk about this week uh i don't know uh, oh yes that thank god there was no aria for the storyline thank god that was that's terrible well, you know what? Now that she's got her sight back, I think it can be interesting again. So well, that's true. Yeah, as long as there's no more wax on, wax off. If they get her out of that uh, fucking, I with that. yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully she's out of that city or that temple and and then on her way, and then her story will be good. But as long as she stays in that temple, it's like ah, I can't stand it. No, from the from the next time on, it looks like she might get sent on a mission, so that could get interesting. All right, all right. Hopefully, it's not yeah, the again, the clam mission. What did she do? Yeah, I, I hope it's not the clam mission, where, you know, kill the man with that. She's a, you know, I, mean, I, I hope it's something. Yeah, I don't want no cockles. <laughs> That's not what I heard. I heard you love the cockles. Actually, to be honest, cockles are just another name for scallops. So you're absolutely right. I do love scallops. They they do taste good. Yes, yes, yes. But but I, I'm not I'm not a fan of of uh what's the other stuff uh ponces stuff oysters and clams oh ponces <laughs> yeah yeah or, or buggery what's the other one Mike yeah. buggery yeah um yeah what was it? buggery buggery ponces and cockles and, and cockles or yeah. something like that yeah and yeah. cockles <laughs> yes yeah. Mike had a great great one where where he he turned that uh what was the last last episode of last season of this podcast Mike started going. Uh, buggery, ponces, and cockles. That was hilarious. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> that, that, that was hilarious. Yes. Anyway, uh, all right. So, what do you think is going to happen next? I think. Uh, I think. Well, first of all, what do you think Danny's going to do? Is she headed back to Marine or is she headed to Westeros? Um, actually, you have an excellent point, Eric. Um, I think she's going back to Marine because she's going to get the rest of her army, which are all the the Unsullies. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. I don't know where she's going to get the, the the boats though. Maybe she's going to buy them from the slavers. I don't, I don't know. Or, or maybe, or maybe now the slavers. That whole thing with Tyrion and making it, the deal with the slavers is doesn't matter anymore because now she has this huge army that will say, "Fuck you, slavers! You're you're giving us the ships." Right. I don't know because what you know what, what uh, right uh, what uh, Mike Mike? Do you think it was a Chekhov's gun 
that the slavers came in a boat. You see what I'm saying? Oh, I mean, that's, that's not a big enough boat for them to... Uh, but it shows that they have... It shows that they have boats, though. Yeah, we know they have ships. We know that the Rothraki have horses. We know the Greyjoys have... We know a lot of people have ships. The question is, which are going to be the ones that support Danny. So, yeah, it's possible that that's leading well, to... Well, get their dragons back, too, so I guess he has to go back for it. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, because two of them are there. Yeah. Which, which by the way, that's, that's a little frustrating because we saw... Terry go downstairs, unlock the shackles, and we've not seen the fucking dragon since. <laughs> right. That's and, frustrating. And it's because I kind of thought that was dragon balls. Right. I thought that meant well they'll be free now. No. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If if Danny does eventually get to Westeros and brings the Death Dathraki and the Unsullied as her army, even those who support Targaryens back in the day, do you think they would back? Danny by willingly back her. There's a difference between willing, you know, willing and, and, and just doing it because you have to. Do you think she would will? They would willingly back her when she brings these two foreign armies of people into her. Probably not, but I'm guessing that at that point it's not going to matter. Because uh, okay, here's here's uh, I'll, I'll make a bold prediction. Um, my prediction is that uh, the stuff is going to go down in King's Landing. We're going to have a fight between uh, the Kingsguard and the Tyrells and the Sparrows, and a bunch of people are going to die. Uh, so that when Danny shows up with her army, there's just not going to be enough troops left to fight her. Interesting. So where, where does that lead the Martells and, and families like that? The Martells. That's, that's, uh, that's the Sand Snakes. So that's a good I don't thing. Know what's going to happen with that? It is a good thing. Yeah. Screw Dorn. Dorn can just fall into hell for all I'm concerned. Um, oh God, they have to tie that up, don't they? Shit. I don't know. I, I think you're getting a point where you're going to get a convergence on King's Landing, where you're going to have whatever the issues are at King's Landing are going to leave them weakened. That you're going to have the forces from the north. You're going to have the forces from the east. King's Landing is just going to be a crater. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, uh, and don't forget the forces of the west, which are the Greyjoys. Right. And, yeah, well, and who knows what the end. And, well, I, I'm not sure how strong the Greyjoys are at this point. No, that's fair. They have a navy. They do. But, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, and don't forget so, the White Walkers, too. Yep. Yeah, that's a... Yeah. Man, things are complicated. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, and then Jon Snow and Sansa look like they're about to head south and try and rally support on the way to Winterfell. Um, and, and guess who? Guess what? Are the first house they're going to stop at, which is the most northern house, which is the Umbers. I, I don't know the Umbers. Oh, so we'll find out yeah. whether they're. Uh, and the Umbers have the, uh, one of the biggest armies in the north. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. It'll be interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, it could be interesting. Um, I really, 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 really want Brand Brienne to <laughs> I don't know why I'm so excited about that possibility, but I really am. Uh, of what? Of which one? The two, the two giant people finding love, uh, Brienne and Tormund. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, and I really, uh, Ramsey. I don't think he's. 
proactive on this as he, he's pretty much just going to sit back in Winterfell and wait for somebody to attack him, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you would think so. I mean, because he's now enemies with the Lannisters, too, you know, because he married Sansa. So he's got no friends uh, except for, you know, the, the Karstarks. The Umbers yeah. and the Karstarks. Yeah. yeah, assuming the Umbers stay with him. You know, we don't know. Uh, and also, well, they could be the, the the Trojan Horse story, which you've mentioned, Mike, too, so who knows. Right, well, they are saying he's threatened to, to ride north and lay waste, right? So... The question is, do they march on Winterfell, or do they lay back and let him come to them? And and you know what? If well, he's not he, saying in this letter, in this letter, he's just like, come see, come see. So I think I'm interested. Yeah. So lure him because yeah. he's got a better chance of defending Winterfell than attacking. Yeah, because, because if he splits his army up, because he only has 5,000 soldiers, supposedly, is what Sansa said. And that's before the Karstarks joined them. So maybe let's add another two grand. Let's add another two thousand with the Karstarks. So no, if he splits I, it up, I, I thought they were you part know, of that. I thought the Karstarks, the Umbers, I thought that was all part of their forces. No, no, I think no. Sansa was referring to something he said before Stannis attacked. Yeah. Okay, so just um, the Bolton forces. Yes, just the right, Bolton right. forces. Yeah. And, well, that's the thing. The Boltons were one of the most powerful families, like the Umbers and Karstarks, and and maybe they were, I think they were probably the number one army after the Starks, was the Boltons. And so, 5,000... Well, that's the thing, though. Yeah. So, let's, let's not talk numbers, but let's talk fake knowledge here. Uh, they made reference to yeah, the Umbers and the Karstarks combined troops being more than all the other houses combined. Right. All right. Yeah. So you take those two houses plus the Boltons, but you got Jon Snow with 2,000 wildlings and all the other houses maybe joining him, it could be end up being a pretty fair fight. Yeah, well, and you got to look. You could actually see maybe the Umbers now that they say. Well, they, you say the Littlefinger sending troops too. Yeah, and Littlefinger sending troops too. So, so you got. I you, have no idea how many that is. But. You, you got the Umbers who could, in my opinion, I think Jon Snow and Sansa, if they go to the Umbers, the the Umbers may actually say, you know what. We're going back with the stocks, and you know, even if they claim that with the, you see what I'm saying? And then, yeah, yeah. So you could get them, maybe, and then you're going to get all the rest of the houses, even though they're they're smaller armies, like like you just said, Eric. But you still have the two thousand wildlings, plus you got maybe Littlefinger coming too, with who knows how many. So you still think, but yeah, I, I would agree with you, Eric. It's going to be a fair fight, especially if they get the Umbers, because then that shrinks Bolton's forces. Right, so I think that you may end up getting a route up north because I think there's not a lot of loyalty to Ramsey Bolton. I don't know. I mean, the Karstarks, right, they're important, and they've kind of, they're fucked. They threw their lot in with Ramsey by betraying um, Rob Stark. Right. Um, so they don't have a choice. But if you take the... Um, and who is that, Mike? That, that, who, what's the family you just mentioned? The Karstarks. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh they, they, they betrayed... At the the Red Wedding too. Car, Car Stark is the one that you supported uh, for the ones that fight. No, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know all that. I know all that. But what what what's about the Car Starks and the Red Wedding? They didn't they didn't betray the Starks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely did. When? Because that all started with remember them executing, um, with a, 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 executing the head of the Car Stark family. Yeah, but I don't think the Car Starks ever joined up with Walder Frey and the Boltons until now. 
you know, this last three episodes. When I, don't, I think they've been with him all along. I think that's what cost him the loyalty of his troops. I think I'm with Mike on this one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe I thought they just became. I didn't. I thought they just went off on their own and didn't ally with anybody. And so basically said, "Fuck you," and I just went home. But all right, it doesn't matter. But I see your point. Either way, they're not fond of the stocks. Right. So. Right. So yeah, you're right. The car stocks ain't going. Uh, I'm probably going to stay with the Boltons. I would buy that. The car yeah. stocks going to stay. The Umbers are going. I don't think will. Again, I have this. That's up in the air, though. Right, I have a thought that the, um, as I mentioned last week, that I think the Umbers are playing the Boltons. So I think this is all going to be a bad move on their part. They're going to be caught between the, um, the, uh, the Aerie, you know, the ones from the Vale. Um, yep. I think they're going to be caught between the Umbers, betraying from within. I think you're going to have, in general, a large number of the, the families in the North when they hear that the Starks are coming back. So, okay, let's go fuck you. Uh, Bruce, uh, not Bruce Ramsey, you're, you're a giant prick. Uh, and I certainly think the wildlings are going to be there, and I think that'll be enough. Oh, and you know who else may appear? Because we haven't seen them for a while. Are the Tullys. Even though they're not part of the north, they're part of the center of Westeros. Yeah. They're, they're directly tied with the stocks because of all the marriages. Yep. So, yeah, that's, that's a fair point. So, and you know, and they never died. They, they escaped the Red Wedding, all the, all the Tullys. They just disappeared. Right. So they could come back, one of their leaders, and rally the Tullys, too. So that may be a possibility, too. Um, so really, if we just uh, could uh, get rid of the Greyjoys and Dorn, uh, we'd be left with a pretty kick-ass story here. <laughs> uh, also, I would like to state, you could have... Um, well, now, what are those terrorists, or quote-unquote terrorists uh, in Mar- Marine again? What are they called? Yeah, you could have a Sons of the Hoppy type thing happen in Winterfell, because I could see just the local citizens of Winterfell who hate the Boltons oh, pull something a, up, yeah. too. There's at least one of them we know, so there could be more. You know, yeah, so that is always a possibility, too, from within, you know, and they could open the gates and all this, you know, stop fires, who knows, so. I don't think, right. the, I don't, I think the Boltons are doomed, yeah, there's no doubt. So. I hope so. Yeah, That's really and, and then you're going to get the North rallying together of them, going to King's Landing. Get you, the band back together. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, or maybe, yeah. Or, or they may just do what Rob Stock wanted to do, which is just declare freedom and independence and say, fuck you, and all right, here's the, here's the border. What if Danny and Jon Snow and the Greyjoys... Uh, <laughs> Show up at King's Landing at the same time. Oh man, that's that's kind of what I don't expect to happen. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, that's that's interesting. So, so like, clearly they're all going to be fighting the Lannisters, but then what, are they going to start fighting each other? What's oh man, it could get messy. But I also think it's interesting. You now have, um, you have a woman at the head of the uh, of Dorne, yep. and you have a and you have a probably. This goes according to plan a woman and head of Pike. Yeah. Um, Pike and the Iron Isles. The Iron Isles. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. The, the, the great choice. The great choice. Right. You're going to have Rob. You're going to have Sansa. Free of, it's, it's free of his celibacy vows. Sansa's going to, you know, it's, it's, look, and I'm not, you know, I don't care what somebody thinks about current state of marriage in a feudal society. Marriage is how you hook up alliances and how you stabilize things. 
you now have a lot of potential for marriages and alliances and stuff like that to take place to shore up um, power. So I'll be curious to see how all that goes if anybody ends up uh, with a husband or a bride. But, Mike, I, I could actually see all women as leaders because you have the Greyjoy, Ayana, you have Sansa, you have Daenerys, you have the Sand Snake woman, you have Cersei's basically. So every you could argue that this is going all uh, matriarch. The whole that's actually a really good point, Phil. Yeah, and it's something yeah I, I hadn't intended to bring up, but it's um, that yeah the women are kind of coming back. People complained an awful lot last season, especially after the one episode with Sansa about the the unfortunate plight of the the women in Game of Thrones. Um, oh, oh if, the fact that, just just one more thing. And if if Tommen yeah. gets killed somehow. Marjorie suddenly becomes the leader, and there's another one for you that takes yeah. over the, the, the Baratheon line. But anyway, continue. Right. I'm sorry. So, yeah, so there's a whole lot of people who have been pushed down who are on the rise, and that includes, as much as Phil doesn't want to hear it, that includes Arya, right? Um, you have Arya, you have Sansa, you have uh, Danny is back in a stronger position, you have Cersei's back in a stronger position. Um, but uh, you know what? Arya. Arya is, is just this weird thing there, right? She's not really in the power structure of the whole I mean, thing. You don't, you don't have anything against her character. You just have no, no, you never like that. She's this detached plot line that has well, to do with anything that's I, going on. I, you know, I, I mean, I never hated the character. Right? It was really more that it was just boring pop story. I mean, I loved her when she was with the Hound. I thought it was awesome. Right. I think that, and from what I understand, that, that was an issue with the novels, too, is that people said there was way too much time in the house of... Oh, that's the, that's why, why I don't, oh, yeah, that's yeah. the, that's the only reason I don't like Arya is because the, the okay. damn wax on, wax off is just terrible. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't think they've done a whole lot of that. And we did get to see her kill, um, uh, Marin Trent last season. And yeah. that was, where, that was kind of cool. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. gruesome, yeah. yeah. But this well, season, uh, I'll agree with Phil for this season, Arya has not been an editor plot line. Well, not much has happened. We saw her blind for about a point. Yeah, she yeah she was blind for a minute and a half. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I didn't think they had they had a, I thought they had a very good training montage, and then that was about it. Yeah. And then yeah. About it. That's well, I, I think I think I know why Mike. Well, I think I know why Mike thinks I don't like Arya, and I think it's because I've said in the past that it was disheartening to see her character become. E I don't want to say evil, but become malicious. I guess. No, I. I had thought a long time ago you had said something like that you hadn't liked, that you didn't care that much for Arya, that, because obviously you don't, maybe I'm misrepresenting oh, it because you were on Team Sansa. Well, that, that's, I was about to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. When she and Sansa <laughs> used to always get in a fight, I was on Team Sansa. So I, I was, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's, yeah. yeah but, but I didn't ever had a, a, a direct hatred of the character, put it that way. I just was on a Team Sansa. I had to support Sansa. Okay. At, at all costs, I support Sansa. <laughs> right, so here's the question. We're on episode four. Right. Uh, and didn't I say that in our season, the episode four is usually where some interesting stuff happens? Thank you. I, Thank you. I, I don't remember you saying that, but anyway. Well, we recorded we all it, know, so it's a fact. We all, we, all, we all know prior to uh, prior to last season, everyone was like, well, episode nine is always the big episode. Yep. Is that good? But... They've, they've fucked with us before. They've done the Purple Wedding was the fourth episode. Um, uh, Hard Home, I think, was episode eight. Okay. Right. Yeah. Or, se uh, or seven or something. Yeah, eight, I think. Yeah. yeah. And so, where do we think, when is Winterfell going to happen, do you think? Well, is it going to stretch out to episode eight or nine? 
I'm I think they kind of have to to uh, move the plot along of gathering the troops. That's what I was going to say, Eric. Yeah, because they have to stop at the Umbers. They have to get get um, the 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 Vale army up there. Assuming they you know join up, so I think it's going to take a while because they're going to oh they're going to go to Howard Reed Howard Reed's uh, house and and we're going to finally meet him. You know, he's this mysterious character that no one has met even in the books. So, they got to go find Howard's moving castle. Yes. Oh, so so I th- I think unfortunately that this storyline is going to go much slower than it has so far this season because, like Eric said, they're they're going to be building the troops. Well, if you remember, Bob, did you see the preview for next week? Yeah, That's because they have Sansa confronting Littlefinger. Yeah. Okay. So Arya. Oh yeah, you're right. They do. Yeah, yeah. So the veil oh, does get okay. there. The, oh, so it's going right, quicker right. than I thought. Well, you're right. Yeah. Well, you can get a single man there faster than you can get an army. Yep. Um, but I mean, they could have just sent a raven. And where is she having that meeting? Is that is that all the way up at the wall? We'll find out. Yeah. I have to take a look at my map and see where. Um, <laughs> where. Well, here's the thing, though. Uh, is that at this point, I think. All bets are off as far as what's what's going to happen in what episode because they have an end point now, and they said yeah. after the season there are only thirteen episodes after that. So clearly they've, they've plotted it all out. They don't have two, a full two seasons after this. This is not fair. Um, I demand the show to go for another twenty years. <laughs> but they know where everything is headed, and they can't they can't spend time fucking around. So I think from this point forward, we could just get condensed storylines like we have been this season, which I think is probably a good thing for uh, the entertainment value of not having to wait around for these overly slow plot lines to develop. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. So so I'm okay with them hitting the fast-forward button a little bit in between episodes to go, okay, Danny's a Marine now. Okay. Sansa's talking a little finger. Okay, they're down by Winterfell now. I got no problem with a little bit of fast-forwarding like that to move things forward. And that's how they should do it, yeah. Yeah, well, this has been a, it's a very weird timeline, right, with this, because, again, in the books, not much time has passed. In viewership time, not much time seems to have passed. But in real time, you know, you've had five, six years gone by. Uh So you've seen Bran go from being whatever, it was like 10, to now being 17. <laughs> and in the books, he's still like 9. Um, right. We've seen Tom and get recast, so he could be uh, grown up real fast. Um, uh, Marcella, Marcella, though, too, the one that died. She got recast. Right. right. Yeah, no, that's that's true. That's true. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, Bran is, is absolutely ridiculous what he looks like now compared to what he did as a kid. Uh, but again... I, I guess that's okay because, like Mike said, it's supposed to be six years has gone by, right? So they listen to the show; they don't seem to be glossing over the time. Although I'm, I'm sure if you binge watch, it wouldn't feel like six years has gone by. But there's right. an awful lot of time of people on. Uh, we're walking and we're walking and we're walking. <laughs> you know, they, we, we really could we could use a, a Concord right about now to get to King's Landing a little faster. Uh, so you have to assume that a lot of the stuff we're skipping over is for travel time. Um, I mean, it's it's a little iffy, but you don't want to look too hard because Sam's baby should be much older down to he should be like <laughs> three K. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, 
Oh my god, yeah, that, he should, he'd be like uh, four and a half years old. Right, right. Yeah, but he's but he's still uh, a, a, a newborn. But but you're right, Mike. That's that's bizarre because the baby should be four and a half years old and it's still two months old. It has it doesn't well, age. She wasn't born until like the third season. Yeah, so so that's three. And a, okay, so she it should be three and a half years. Old. It should be walking and, and eating, like like right. whole food. And, you know? and all it's doing is shitting. So yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, that, yeah. So that that is a. I guess you could argue a what what, what a. Uh, Consistency error, maybe. I guess. Yeah, a little bit, but it's a little bit of. Well, we don't know how people age in Westeros, so it, it could be uh, pot giant. Yeah, unrelated, I just found a, a Game of Thrones meme on Facebook. Uh, it has a picture of Jon Snow that says "Got his life back." The picture of Arya that says "Got her eyes back." That has a picture of Theon that says "You hang in there, Theon." <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible. We know, we, we know there are cock merchants in, in, in Westeros, right? So, Well, to be honest, yesterday yesterday was the first, at least in the United States, the first cock transplant, which was done in Boston yesterday. It, it, it happened, yes, there was a penis transplant. Yeah. Okay, but first of all, it's not the first, and I'll tell you how I know it's the first. Is oh, uh, No, it was done in Europe or somewhere, too, or something like that. Was because I, I I used to do art, weekly articles for my students to read and answer questions about, and I would and since I would teach an inclusion class with a lot of special ed students, I would always give them to my special ed teacher to read the article, make sure it was fine, and the questions were fine ahead of time. And I was suspecting that she wasn't doing that; she just trusted me and said, "No, they're good." So I found there was an article about a person in China who had his penis cut off and got a penis transplant. <laughs> dude, dude, you could you could have got fired for that. Are you crazy? No, and I, no, no, no. I was, I was looking to give it to the students, and I gave it. I wrote up questions, and the questions were th- things like, "Could he not only got the penis transplant, he eventually had it removed because his wife wasn't satisfied." <laughs> and so I, so I was writing questions like, "How exactly did this get cut off in the first place? Wait a minute, why does his wife get to decide whether or not the penis gets cut or gets gets removed again? Why is her satisfaction with it?" And I, I, so I gave it to her. I left it to with her for about a week. I said, "So did you read the article?" She said, "Yeah, it's fine." So she was not reading the article at all. Um, but that's how I know that that had, that happened before. Already then. Alrighty then, that's right. Uh, yes, yes. You're, you're, you're lucky. You're lucky she didn't read. The, you're lucky she didn't read the article because she probably would have reported you. No, no, she would have known. Why don't we wrap things up for this week? Yeah, okay. yeah. Let's do that. All right. So, um, very good. So next week it's simply called the door or doors. Uh, D O O R. Uh, so that'll be curious what that means. Who knows? Well, I wanted to clarify that it, I didn't say dawn because I, if I did, you would you would have had a heart attack and said no. And so I wanted to let you know I'm talking about. Yes, yes. No, honestly, that's what I was thinking. I go, oh my god, if I say this, don't yeah, don't like spell it. Because it's a new land they're going to drive. Well, I, I, got, like I got one of those Boston accents, and you may have thought I said Dawn. Uh, Dawn. And if I said Dawn, you would have been pissed. Like, no way. They're having a whole episode. D-O-A-H. Dawn. Dawn. That's right. <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll see what that one is. That's uh, That'll be the midpoint of the season uh, next week, as a matter of fact. So, duh. And, uh, duh. Duh. All right. So, uh, Eric, why don't you lead us out? Alright, thanks for tuning in, Melissa. Let's talk about episode 4 of season 6 of Game of Thrones. Come back next week, we'll talk about season 5, The Door.